I'm Chris Turner, and this is the Empowered Parent Podcast. And joining me once again on the podcast are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. Hello, Chris. I wanted to talk about, well, it's something we've talked about before, but never really in depth, and that is play. And how do we incorporate play into every day? It's a good little rhyme you got there, Chris. Uh, You you came up with it, so I'll I'll give credit where it's due. Okay. So, uh, in the course, we kind of call this thing taking play seriously, and I want to talk about how we can use play as a connecting tool. Yeah, I think play is is something that we often overlook as a as a parenting tool. Mm. But play is really the language of our kids. Mm. And so we can communicate with our kids so much through play. We can use it to connect with them, we can use it to correct them, we can use it to teach them things, we can use it just to hear them like even play out some parts of their story just through play, just by sitting and listening to them when they're playing or, or kind of um, sitting with them and being with them while they play and letting them lead. So I think play is so powerful, but as adults, we don't want to play like our, we don't want to play because I think mostly because we think play has to be goofy and silly and put on a clown hat and dance around and act goofy Mm -hmm. And we don't really understand what play looks like with our kids and what it could really be and how we could be intentional about it. Yeah, it's disarming. Like a lot of, so that's why it's good to the kids. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, the um, the cheat 101, if you do public speaking, they always tell you to tell a joke at the beginning. Right. And people often think that's just a way for you to ease into it because it settles you down. But what it does is it makes the audience laugh and all the dopamine gets released and all of a sudden they go, this person makes me feel good. I want to listen to them. That's why it, you, you taught that trick, trick if you want to do any kind of public speaking. And it's the same with the children. They're playing, they're having a good time and the dopamine's released and it's just really is a really great connection activity because then they want to be around you because being around you makes you feel good. And, then, and the, the other side of that equation is true too. Because it makes you feel good being around, you know, the do- your dopamine's released while, you- while you're playing with your kid. And so that's why it's really a great connection building activity. I think part of the problem with a lot of adults is like with anything else, um, we always have something alternative that we'd rather do. And sometimes it's noble causes, like we've got to cook dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes it's not noble causes. Cause we just we, want to be left alone. We just want to be left alone. <laughs> right. yeah. We want TV, we're texting, we're whatever, right? Um, and then we convince ourselves that the plays for children mm. and we convince us, I know at least I have done this as I've gotten older, I feel like I'm less and less playful. And I had, had somebody tell me once, you're, you're a playful guy. I think you just try to avoid it. <laughs> I don't know if that was helpful or not. It was a little hurtful. <laughs> um, but I think it is, it is a great exercise because it just, it just, it's just, it's impossible to actually have, Actually, it's impossible to actually have discord if we're all having a great time together mm-hmm. because we're just, you know, and so if, if playing cards with six kids leads to a lot of yelling, let's not play that. Mm. Let's find something else to do. Let's be smart about that as parents. Well, and I think when you have a lot of kids taking time to intentionally play with one kid mm. at a time mm. or with maybe a couple that are close in age. So sometimes I might play, 
um, a game with my older kids because they can handle it. Mm-hmm. But with my younger kids, we might do something different. So play might look differently. I think with with every age, play looks different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we can even talk about some of the different styles of play out there, right? Because we have like intentional play. So that's when you have decided I'm going to set a time, a set aside time to play with my kids, or maybe I'm saying I'm going to put my kids in play therapy because I think that they need someone helping them work out some things in a, in a play setting. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's really intentional where we're setting aside time every week. We set aside that time to play or, you know, what, whatever you, whatever Mm -hmm. time frame. And we did something cool. Um, a few years back, we did a, um, a thing called filial play therapy where we learned how to basically do play therapy with our kids. And Mm. really all it is, is setting a time, setting aside time each week to play with our kids in a very intentional way where we do a lot of, um, reflecting what our kids are doing and we, it's completely child led and the Mm. kids lead the play. And we were able to see some of our kids, um, they gravitated towards different areas of play and were able to kind of work through some of the struggles that they were having Mm -hmm. just with their play. And we didn't have to say anything. It wasn't like we were asking them, well, why are you playing with that? (laughs) You know, it was just, we could see them, you know, like one of our kids really gravitated towards taking care of using the medical equipment to take care of and put band-aids on the baby dolls. Mm. Um, And specifically the baby doll that looked like that child. Mm And then um, some of our kids in their in play sessions have gravitated towards um, different activities to try and get themselves calmed down. You know, one of our kids is in play therapy now and the therapist said, you know, this this particular child really um, does a lot of activities that like are throwing and hitting and just really trying to self-regulate. Mm. And spends a good amount of time trying to self-regulate in those sessions um, because the things that this child needs to work through are tough. And so if if this child can avoid those kinds of things, they can get regulated or whatever right. um, and spend just a little bit of time on them. So One of the other things that I really liked about the folio play therapy is it's child-led. Mm-hmm. And um, which is hard for, for, for parents. Right. So that yeah. the children have the power in the situation. And then, you know, I, I've spent, you know, most of my adult life coaching. And so I found that really, really difficult as, a, as a, somebody who's wired for coaching to, to not offer instruction right. when we were doing stuff. Um, but it's the flip of that is so great for the kid because they're young, they're little. Uh, it was early on with the kids being in a home. We did yeah. this years ago, and you know them coming from situations where they were completely powerless mm-hmm. to all of a sudden just for these thirty minutes every Sunday night to be in complete control was really great for them. Mm. And that's one thing that that plays the, is the great equalizer, right? So if you're not doing the child play through, but if you just go outside and throwing a, a ball or passing a soccer ball back and forth or whatever, it's the great equalizer because at that moment we're on the same level because mm-hmm. we're just doing the same fun thing together. Mm-hmm. So it really is empowering for our children. Um, and it's trust building for them because you're, you're allowing them, them to have control of the situation 
where you're allowing them to be your equal in the situation, mm-hmm. which is just really, really great for them because a lot of kids with trauma in their past don't have a history where an adult treated them that way, positively. Right. And so it's just really, really great for them. So um, I had an had interesting thing happen today up at the church. We were able to incorporate play mm-hmm. to, to, to help a kid today. So um, I was on the phone with Kayla and somebody knocked on my office door and I kind of, you know, pointed to the phone <laughs> and, and held up the, the one finger like, just give me a minute. And so when I was done on the phone with Kayla, I went over to her office and asked her what she needed. And standing in her office was one of the, the, the other one of the pastors on staff at the church. And she said, hey, there's this, this dad who's here with his two kids. Our church has this huge indoor playground that's open to the public. Mm. And um, there's this dad, and he said he wanted to know if somebody could come pray with him and his son. He said his son's really angry all of the time. Mm. And he doesn't know what to do. So um, so the two of us go down and, and meet the dad and his son. And it was an eight-year-old boy who has a twin brother. And... Um, and so the, so the little boy had a you know, dad called him over and I said, Hey man, and introduced myself and, and the other guy introduced himself and I said, what's going on? And he said, um, I'm just really not a, not a, not a good kid. Mm. And I'm like, so the low self image stuff is hard, right? And yeah. so, so I said, well, why do you say that? Can can you tell me why you think that? And he said, yeah, um, there's this math packet that I had to do at school and I just didn't do it. And I said, well, that doesn't make you a bad kid. A lot of people don't like math. <laughs> That's right. And I pointed or to, homework. <laughs> and I pointed to my pastor friend and I said, uh, I said, like, he's good with words, but he's really bad with numbers. He wouldn't have done the math. <laughs> and Jason just kind of laughed. And, and, um, and so the little kid laughed and he said, yeah, except that I'm a math whiz. And, uh-huh. and I think that a lot of, a lot of times in these situations, you have to find the opening and mm. I th- I'm like, and that just like felt like the opening to me. And I said, math whiz, the kid was eight. I said, math whiz, you're going to have to prove to me that you're a math whiz. Cause I don't believe you can be a math whiz at eight. And he's like, oh yeah. I said, this is what we're going to do. You can pick me or you can pick this guy and we'll, you pick the multiplication table and we're going to see first one to get five right wins. And he's like, um, I'm going to the guy with the beard. It's on. <laughs> and we did. And so Jason kind of spotted him the first two, but this kid actually was really, really fast with these math facts. <laughs> and Jason ended up losing five to two. <laughs> and we spoke about it afterwards and I said, it was nice of you to spot him a couple. And he said, yeah, but I thought I could catch up. He said, but he was really fast. <laughs> so he wanted to do the 11 times table and, uh, so anyhow, we did this back and forth, and then, and then Dad, who when we'd ask the kid a question about how he was feeling, like a lot of parents do, Dad answered for him. Mm. And so um, I thought that if we could really a playfully engage the kid, uh, all of his barriers w- would drop down, mm-hmm. w- would go away, would lower, right? So we'd, we'd jump over the wall, and then once you're over the wall, you get to build the bridge. But the play allows us to get over the wall. So we, so we did this back and forth, and then after that, and we all laughed together, I said, hey, what's bothering you? you're angry but it's not because you're a bad guy what's actually bothering you and he said my brother gets more attention than i do mm. now his twin brother who came out um had some special needs um 
and it was really, really difficult for this. And, and being eight, and eight's tough. Yeah. And I told him that because, you know, uh, you're not a little kid anymore where you're just happy with mom and dad doing whatever. But you're not exactly big But you're not a big kid and you can't yeah. do anything by yourself. You're in this like really difficult no man's land where you're unable to do the things you want. It's really frustrating being eight, nine, and ten. Let's just mm-hmm. be honest, right? I think sometimes we forget that. So we talked about that a little bit and, and he said um, that he was um, that he was upset that his brother's getting more attention. And so I said to him, well, but your brother needs more attention. Mm. And I said, you know, when you when you cut your finger, you get a band-aid. When you break your arm, you get a cast because it needs something more than just a band-aid. Mm. And so and I don't know if, if he understands it as an eight-year-old, but but kind of spoke through that. And then and, and just because we played, like I don't think he would have invited us into these details if we didn't play with him first. Mm. He said, I steal stuff too, just mm. like that. And then I said to him, do you hope you get caught? And he just stared at me and he said, why did you ask me that? <laughs> I said, because you want to get caught, don't you? And I said, I know, because I used to do things to get my parents' attention when I was a kid. Mm. And he said, did you get caught? I said, no, no, I didn't, just like you. But he confessed this in front of his dad. Mm. And I said, you're just taking stuff because you want your parents' attention. And he said, yeah. And so we talked a little bit more, talked about some other stuff, um, you know, he feels responsible for his brother because of his brother's special needs. Mm. And we kind of said to him, look, you're not, you're eight, you're not responsible for him. It's great that you love him. It's great that you want to help him, mm. but he is not your responsibility. He's your parents' responsibility. Um, and then we prayed together and then we showed him where our offices were. So the next time he was in the building, he'd come say hi to us and they left. Mm. But none of that would have happened if we just sat down and said, okay, you're angry. Why are you angry? Right. We just played first. And, it, and so it was A, that we played first and allowed us to very quickly build a relationship with this little boy that he was able to be honest with us. But the second part about that is play didn't look like what you might think play. There's not a single person, myself included, who before today would have said that <laughs> multiplication table was a way to play. Right. <laughs> but it was. It was our, it was our opening for the boy with the boy because he loved math. Mm. And and you know, we say this a lot that you have to look for that opening. You have to be flexible. You have to you have to take what you know and find out creative ways to apply it. Mm. And I really think that that doing the eleven times table where he schooled my friend <laughs> uh, was a good way to play with the boy today. Well, we were talking about this in our mom's group the other night. Um, one of the moms said, well, I'm just not a playful person by nature. Mm. And I said, well, but play looks different, right? It doesn't have to be goofy and silly. And, and she's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, what do you like to do with, she has teenage daughters. So what do you like to do with your daughters? And she's like, well, we do different things. One really likes to bake and cook and the other really likes to hike and um, be outdoors. And she said, so I just do different stuff with them. And I said, that's play. Mm. You're playing with your daughter when you go on a hike. It's not the same as sitting down and playing Barbies or right. playing a board game or which is what acting I think goofy, think which, yeah. yeah, I do. I think that's what people go, well, play I have to sit down and build Legos or play Barbies or but play could be sitting with your um, child who likes to draw and draw with them and drawing with them or coloring with your you know four-year-old you know or um, my daughter my our oldest daughter loves to read and would have her nose in a book either a book or a sketchbook every minute of every day And so one thing we've done this summer is we picked a book to read together Mm. and she and I sit and read and um, she's begging for that. She's like, 
mom, can we go read now? You know, <laughs> and she wants to find 30 minutes where we can just sit and read. And when I tell her we have to stop, she's like, just one more chapter, please just one more chapter, you know, and it is a good book, but I think she enjoys the time with me, mm. but she's not a kid who's going to sit and play with me right. in the traditional sense of play. But for her, for she and I, that is how we play because books are her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, with my boys, they would think that was the most awful form of torture <laughs> if I said, we're going to read a book together for fun. So I have to find different creative things to do with the other kids. Mm. Yeah, I think we could probably define play as something in, in the context of this conversation as something that we do with our children that we both enjoy and is a connecting exercise. So it's fun and connecting, right? Because mm-hmm. that, that's, that's, what, that's what play is for our kids. Yeah. Um, two of our two of our daughters are convinced they want to learn how to play the guitar. So um, usually at night when we do the bedtime routine, they go and grab their guitars and climb on our bed, and then I'll grab one of mine and we'll sit and play guitar together. Um, which which is interesting because only one guitar is in tune. <laughs> mine playing yeah. guitar is a and only broad one, definition, right? and only one person knows how to play the guitar. <laughs> so so I do, and so, one of them's purple and. Looks more like a banjo. No, it looks so. like a ukulele. A ukulele. It's, it's a, kid's gu- a kid's guitar, and it's got like fishing wire, like gut strings, right? <laughs> and so uh, that's a hard guitar to tune, and she just kind of like thumps it really, really hard, like she's in some heavy rock band, <laughs> and screams the lyrics to the song. Uh, but my other daughter has a, has, a, has a little guitar, and she's actually wanting to learn to play the guitar. She's nine. And so I, I, w- I will make sure that guitar is in tune, so at least when she's just thumping it, it's not... Like, you know, hurting your ears, hurting my ears, <laughs> squeezing a cat or whatever. But we'll squeezing just go and, a cat. and we'll just play like we'll like, like they love Paradise City, the Guns N' Roses song. And, and they'll sing, take me down to the Paradise City. And I'll just sing the chorus like three or four times. And then they're happy. They're done. They've played guitar with dad and they go to bed. And so I, I think a lot of times, one of the things that, that we do, and when I say, I think a lot of the times, one of the things that we do what I'm meaning to say is something that I have been guilty of in the past. <laughs> um, that's my code to let myself off the hook a little bit. Is that is that I'm like, no, I don't have the time. And, and I don't have the time, not because we have to get dinner on the table or anything like that, because I think that it's going to take an hour to do. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't. It takes, it takes, listen, to work through Paradise City's course four times is literally one minute of your life. <laughs> I promise you it's one minute of your life. And the kids just think yeah. it, was, it was a great time. Yeah, and I think we can be guilty of saying we don't have time for a lot of things, play being one of them, when in reality we spend a lot of, we we waste a lot of time during our day. Mm -hmm. And even with six kids, I can find five minutes per kid every day that I could play with them. Mm -hmm. What that play looks like might be different. Um, There's a, we'll put this in the show notes, but there's a blog on empoweredtoconnect.org and um, it's play personalities. And one of the things that you can um, do is kind of figure out what's your play personality, right? And there's a bunch of them. I won't go into it. It, it describes them all in there. But one thing that that a lot of kids like to do is they like to collect stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they collect stuff, they just think it's really cool. And they want to, you know, and you may look at it and go, Wow, that's a bunch of rocks (laughs) that you got. More rocks and feathers in the house. (laughs) Right. Right. Or they may collect, you know, 
weird things like little pieces of trash or yes i mean at one point i think one of our kids was collecting like hair like anytime someone would get a haircut they wanted like little pieces of the hair and they Mm. would put it they they collect the weirdest things right (laughs) but we can actually like if we know they're collecting rocks Mm. And we go on a trip and we come back and we bring them a rock for their rock collection. Mm-hmm. And then we let them show us our their rocks that they have in their rock collection and what's unique about each of those rocks. We have now entered into playing with our kids right. through collecting and their collections and what they like. If they love to collect like baseball cards, well, I mean, I like to watch baseball but looking at all the stats on a baseball card would not really be fun for me. Right. But if my kids were into that, I could sit with them and let them show me some of their favorite cards and tell me why it was their favorite. And I could engage in play just by looking at their collection that they have, which most people wouldn't think of as play. Right. Well, you know, you said it was, it was yet to be more creative when playing with the boys. Cause you know, you can sit and read books or draw and do like crafts with the girls. Right. Um, so our boys love cars. Like, so my dad used to race cars. My, his father was a test driver for, for Ford. So there's a long history of, of the love affair with the automobile on my side of the family. And that is learned behavior because I've passed that on to my sons. Mm-hmm. And we go to the auto show every year in Dallas. Um, Tyler is 14 now. And if we do any work on the cars, he's, he used to just like to stand and watch. But now he's like under the cars and loosening stuff. And it's really kind of fun to, to watch him because he's really involved in, in doing it. But one of the things I like to do with the boys is we like to watch Top Gear together. Mm-hmm. Um, back when the original people were still on it. And so one of the guys in there is by the name of Jeremy Clarkson. And he's a very emphatic, impatient man. And they'll be driving on the road. And he'll be like, get out of my way. You'll scream at people. And so I'll do that in the car. I'll like, <laughs> I like impersonate Clarkson and they just die laughing. They just think it's the funniest thing in the world. And just by impersonating somebody or I'll do like goofy accents with them, um, you know, um, God bless us, everyone, or, or my Glaswegian, which they love. That's the one they love the most. They like that one. That one makes them the giggle. The Glaswegian. Um, and then I explained it was Glaswegian. And they're like, what? <laughs> um, but just doing accents or... Um, well, one of our daughters really loves to cook, and so she'll ask frequently if she can help in the, in the kitchen. And I don't know if we've mentioned this in an episode before, but Kayla and I both like to cook. And so we'll, we'll take turns um, a lot of times on who preps dinner. And, and I love to cook with her, uh, and we've shown her how to use the knife. And so how can we turn so you, And people might say, well, you just, you just employed your child to help you cut vegetables. But so we turned it into a game. So her and I decide, so we play one of two games when we cook one. Um, we we have a, a fake restaurant called Dad and Lou's because one of Brooklyn's nicknames is Lulu Bear. And so it's Dad and Lou's and we cook together for our customers. And then when we'll plate food because we have as many people around the table, we just plate food in the kitchen and bring it out. Mm. And um, she tells me to yell, service please. And then she comes and serves people table side. <laughs> yes, she loves to do or that. Or the other one we do is we pretend we have a cooking show and she will like explain what we're doing to the air quote camera right. while we're doing stuff in there and they just absolutely love it uh, and when we play the TV show game a bunch of the other kids especially the four year olds want to get involved and then you got to like figure out how to get a four year old to stir <laughs> a hot pot of whatever but um, I mean you could just just be creative I mean you can turn anything into a game really yeah you can turn anything into a game and the kids just 
blossom. They just absolutely love it. It's just such a really, really great, great time for them. Well, because they love the attention yeah. that they're getting, no matter what you're doing together, right? Mm. I mean, you're doing something they enjoy and you enjoy, or maybe you don't enjoy, but you're doing it with them anyways because you know they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think we always we need to be open to. I guess kind of instant play, like when we're not involved with something, yeah, like getting dinner ready or right. doing laundry or something. When an opportunity presents itself, we need to be open to jumping in and right. playing with our kids. Right. There was, we spent the Fourth of July together yeah. with some other friends of ours at one of their houses, and um, we were all in the swimming pool, just kind of goofing around, and I ended up in a moment of spontaneous play with one of your kids. Yeah. Who was wearing floaties, and yet she did not want to let go of anyone. She had to be touching someone all the time. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of made a little game of, okay, hold Mr. Chris's hands, and then we're going to let go of one hand. And then I would grab her hand and let go of the other hand. And we did this for, I don't know, three or four minutes. It wasn't long at all. No. And then I let go of both hands, and we grabbed her right back again. And then, you know, she spun off to Ryan or someone else, and I was engaged with some other kids in the pool, and... All of a sudden, Mr. Chris, Mr. Chris, Mr. Chris. And there she is floating with nobody holding on to her. Mm-hmm. All because we just, you know, played a, a little game that was nothing follow to up. me. Yeah. But, you know. Follow up to that. Yeah. Uh, two weeks later, we were in a pool. And she was just like like a fish in water, man, with her little <laughs> She swam all jumper. the way. She didn't yeah, want people near her. She was on it. foot deep water. She was swimming with yeah, her we little. All, we all knew she could do it the whole time, right? It's just, you know, she needed a little playful engagement to. Yep. You know, give her some confidence. So it's interesting that you said, you know, we'd have to be, you know, when we're not busy doing any specifically mentioned laundry. Mm. Now, we, we sometimes turn laundry into into a game mm. in like the, we need to cycle loads. And I'm like, okay, I got like three minutes on the clock. We got to do it. And then you know, like, it's like changing tires on a racing car. They're like on it because they want to beat the clock. Right. And I'm not saying you should turn all the chores into a game to get away right. to your kids to clean the house. <laughs> but I'm saying that even in that moment, we can make something as absolutely mundane as road cycling through loads of laundry, something that is is fun and a game because we just added the element of the thing that they have a love hate relationship with mm. the clock. Right. But but I will say if you have a mountain of socks that need to be paired <laughs> there's no game That's to right. make that fun. <laughs> I tried that. I tried a Splitting them into teams, and uh-uh. <laughs> I just finally had to say, we just have to do it. It's not at play some, anymore. At some point, the task can be so mundane was, that you can't. I, I don't think it was mundane. I think it was daunting. I yes. think there were about five hundred pair of socks yes. that needed to be I feel paired. Like, I feel like we should agree that it's mundane and daunting. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it was terrible. I actually ended up throwing away all the single socks that didn't get paired. I was like, I'm done. I'm we done with the twi- socks. We have twenty feet in our house. <laughs> yes, there are That's a lot, lot of feet socks. in our house. That is socks. true. That is true. Well, Ryan, Kayla, thanks so much for playing with me tonight on the podcast. <laughs> You're welcome, Chris. It was fun. Of course, Chris. <laughs> if you have a question for us that will fit into 280 characters, you can tweet it to us at One Big Happy Home. If you require a bit more room, you can email us at info at onebighappyhome.com. We have a Facebook group just for podcast listeners. Search for the Empowered Parent Podcast Community. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or on the Google Play Store. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you have enjoyed and gotten value from the show, we would appreciate a review in either location. The Empowered Parent Podcast is committed to helping parents of foster and adopted kids 
through connecting, correcting, and empowering principles. Thanks for listening. 